All right. Uh, just sign up for intro. So we'll do our normal intros. And then uh, uh, is Chris going to say, and we have this week, we have a special guest and then throw it to Ashley. Yeah. Okay. Do, and, and I know you listen. So, you know, we do bits after introducing ourselves. So do, you'll have a second. Because Brian will probably say something that derails us enough for me to have to wait before I say my name. Like, wait, hold up. Let's let's all analyze what just happened with Brian. <laughs> every every week I pluck out some neuroses <laughs> lingering in the back of my brain. And Brian's like, I don't know if my father loves me. Wait, what? Oh, just, uh, and I'm Brandon. <laughs> And welcome back to the Trash Watch Podcast. This week, we uh, t- we dived into a different type of movie, uh, courtesy of a guest that we're going to introduce here in a moment. I'm Chris. I'm Brian, and it's a new year, folks. Welcome to 2022-2021. Damn it, Brian. <laughs> and I'm Brandon, and boy, howdy. Good news. We have the in- a movie about the invention of the first white women true crime podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that note too i'm like is this my favorite murder <laughs> I got halfway through this film and i was like oh it's about white women in a podcast it's about murders that makes sense and we are so excited today we have a guest that's coming back to the show with us she was on our sidekicks episode back in season one and we are just so happy to have ashley back on the show yay Second time, (laughs) and it's appropriate because this movie also like has a third act reveal that is just like fist pump, run around the room. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, When Christina Ricci comes out in a wheelchair and does karate, I was like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think we're just gonna hop into this because we're if we jump all through this movie. Oh boy! Uh, First off, I just want to know, other than Ashley, have has anyone else ever seen this movie before now? I had not heard of it before Ashley pitched it. <gasps> Me either. I never heard of this film. Had no inkling it existed. Oh now, my God. I grew up with sisters, and I remember seeing like bits of this movie, but not really knowing the whole plot. And last mm-hmm. night was my first actual watching of this thing. And oh my God. I went back. And <laughs> this is. I don't know if this is sad or not. Uh, I rented it last night, and when I woke up this morning, I bought it. So I paid for it twice, because I'm like, I need this in my life all the time i'm so glad that you've converted Chris. (laughs) this is a big win for feminism as we all know chris was a men's rights activist until he watched this film well okay okay now i'm glad you brought this up because because you were into the movie yeah no five minutes into the movie last night i'm sitting there going okay so ashley when she emailed us saying uh we need to do this movie because i want to hear a guy's perspective on this movie the whole like 10 minutes of the opening i'm sitting there going Oh God, am I a misogynist? Am I, is this going to be revealed that I'm like a closeted misogynist on this episode? And then I texted Ashley. I said, just so you're aware, 90% of what I'm going to talk about today is questions about women. Yeah, we had a, we had our, our trash watch group text going and some questions I believe asked were, what are women? Excuse me. I said, what is women? What is women? Yes. I, I offered, how do women? Do all women have three other friends that create unbreakable packs? Yes. Clearly, okay. I and are all the very... groups of fr- friends secretly made of like smaller best friend groups? Yes, 
Oh yeah. Cause then you have to bitch about your other friends like behind their backs at some point. Right. Like that's, um, no, I always like dreamed of having a four girlfriend like Aww. crew and I was always like the fifth person or like, I was always like the odd girl out. And Is this I was podcast always gonna be a therapy session? A little bit. Like, and I also, I would like, if you don't mind, I would like to ask a question um, that I would like to pose. Uh, this is obviously a prequel to like Sex in the City in 1999. Like Sex in the City is like the grown up version of this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just need to Although, know. Sex and the City is a little less horny. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tiny bit. It's a tiny bit. <laughs> I uh, I just need to know: Are you a teeny, a Chrissy, a Samantha, or a Roberta? Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> I actually, you know what? No, it, it's it's not even a question for me because I I found myself watching the movie and relating to this person so hard that even at the end, I texted Merritt and I'm like, I'm a Chrissy, and she's like, What does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> I am also a Chrissy. Chris. She texts yeah. you back like, "Who is this? <laughs> who is this?" I, I do have to say, I think I'm fairly confident I'm a Roberta because I'm I'm the kind of asshole who would fake their death multiple times. Yeah, a little detail. This is not the only time that Roberta faked her death. Nope, is something that is said in this film. And I was like, "Oh, I get Roberta. I'm here oh. for this." What about you, Brian? I mean, I think the easy answer, apparently not that easy. I guess the easy answer would be uh, Samantha because she is also a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is also a bit of the, uh, honestly, a bit of the the, uh, the fame delusional teeny in me as well. Although I think if we're all honest, the three trash watch boys are all Bobby Fricker. This is Hell also yeah, true. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm so mad about Bobby Fricker. We'll have to get into oh, it. I'm so we'll get mad. Into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> uh, well, let's get to some exciting Red Rover action, everyone. The, yes. the haunting, distant Red Rover that opens this movie. <laughs> Which, first, these are the shittiest Red Rover odds I've ever seen. It's like 400 kids against the four girls. <laughs> I, 400 children against four girls. What hope do they have? <laughs> My note here was, I've never played Red Rover, and then my note at the end of this movie is, oh, well, these adults are playing, so I can clearly (laughs) still play Red Rover. I always wanted to play Red Rover as a kid, like, because of this movie. Like, I was like, oh, man, wouldn't that be so fun? But I grew up in the country, and it was, like, me and, like, three other boys in the neighborhood, and so it just was never a game that we played. So it was just never part of my childhood even though i desperately wanted it to be because of this movie uh hardcore secret time i had to wikipedia the rules of red rover last night because i had no fucking clue what this game was <laughs> i had no clue. i'm like what the hell are they doing why are they standing against each oh like the actual oh. the actual mechanics of the game matter way less than just yelling red rover red rover send so and so right over also yeah. the the game the game doesn't matter much in the film to the point where when it came back at the end, I wrote down, was I supposed to expect Red Rover to come back? Was that? It establishes the bond between the women. Yes, their bond like is it's... important, but Red Rover itself isn't important. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm just going to do this now because there's a couple of places I could jump in with this note. So they pick Bobby Fricker, who's this little nerdy kid with, this, with a snotty nose, and he runs over. And then later we find out that the, uh, oh God, I don't know all the adults' names. Uh, who's the Who's the pregnant woman? Uh, Chrissy. We found out that Chrissy has married, uh, stayed in her hometown and married a nerd. Yes. 
And so you think like, oh, okay, she's going to have married Bobby Fricker, the young nerd boy they introduced. And that's going to be like, oh, her friends who moved out of town looked down on her like, oh, she stayed here and she married a little nerd from her hometown. But instead, in the middle of the film, they introduced a second small nerd child <laughs> that's hitting on her. It's like the room where you have like Peter in the first half of the movie and then he disappears and this guy Steve shows up and they act like he's been there the whole time. Yeah, could they, could they not get that young nerd? Could they not get the Bobby Fricker actor back for the middle of the film? I was so upset at the like breaking of the basic language of film. <laughs> Yeah, but imagine imagine being Bobby Fricker who doesn't get picked to fall in love with Chrissy. Like, oh, I'm just the guy that's going to pick my nose in this movie. Okay. That, I just had to get off my chest. I was like, why introduce a second young nerd boy? So they, they pick Bobby Fricker. They say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send send Bobby Fricker right over. And he runs over and they they hold fast and tragically do not clothesline Bobby Fricker as I thought was going to happen. <laughs> I, wrote down, I did write down Bobby Fricker died that day. <laughs> Well, that's that's why she didn't marry him because he's yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about this title sequence because my God, if I were to make a parody of a film with the title sequence, it would be this. <laughs> <laughs> it multiple fades and wipes and dissolves, panning over newspaper articles and books on shelves and childhood pictures. Like it is, it is the. It's sarcastic almost. And the thing is, like, I appreciate that they what they did with the title sequence to like show the young selves and the old selves. I like, can say, uh, you know, Christina Ritchie as Roberta and Rosie O'Donnell as Roberta, because it's like at least there's a helpful way to tell, okay, which adult is which. Mm-hmm. And then I still forgot. <laughs> like, five minutes in, I'm like, wait, which one was this? Yeah, I did. I like early on in the film. I was. Oh, I need to write down the top right corner the character name, the young actress, and the old actress, so I can keep them straight. I mean, fortunately, it doesn't matter because the old actresses drop off a bridge for ninety five percent of this movie. Yeah. Which I mean, this movie is now and then, but like now is really small, and then is just in huge block letters and underlined. But I'm also mm-hmm. really glad they did that because I think it, this this makes for the better movie. I you know I don't want to watch the adults smoking cigarettes and reminiscing. I just want to watch what happened. I mean, my my disagreement is because to an extent it, it all I mean not to say it completely renders the adult stuff pointless, but it, it it carries a lot less weight. Yeah, as it exists now, it seems like Demi Moore came back was jaded, came back to her hometown, had a beer, and thought briefly about her friends and then goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm over all my psychological issues. Pretty much. <laughs> Which is how also I want therapy to work. I just want to have a beer, like look off to the side and then go, I'm better. Well, I mean, the pro- the thing is you, you need a tree house. I do need a tree house. I'll, like I would fit into a child's tree house. Screw up, Brian. Have you seen this mansion that they have in the tree? This Swiss family Robinson set they've got up there? I can't even afford the rent on this treehouse. So, <laughs> uh. oh look at look at Mister Moneybags over here with a tree. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I do want to say I don't want to skip though. The most important reveal of the title sequence is that Sam has written a book called "The Aliens Next Door." I appreciate they establish her as, like, the the one member of the group that likes the supernatural stuff, but it's not so overwhelming that you're like, okay, you know, it would be exhausting to be friends with this person, you know? But she's just like, oh, no, like, ghosts are cool and witches and so on and so forth. Like, I appreciated the crap out of that. 
I, I want to comment on how um, rewatching it like every day that I think much like Disney movies, it set me up for some unrealistic expectations because like all of these women except Chrissy have super impressive careers and like teenies yeah. on like the cover of magazines and Roberta's the town's doctor and she's like beloved and she's also like a sports star in the town. And then Chrissy's like montage is just a bunch of like little figurines and like a picture of her in a wedding dress and i'm like oh no <laughs> we start off though with uh demi moore driving back to her small hometown she comes That's out of the car thing. looking like joe march yep I, well no i i wrote down i'm sorry uh let me find my exact note is samantha a victorian time traveler <laughs> <laughs> she steps out like she's fucking doctor who when she gets out of her car <laughs> right right but I do have to say, I, I really relate. I, I was like, I'm going to really relate to this film that's about uh, abandoning your Midwest hometown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when they all go out back of the house and Rosie O'Donnell is climbing down from the treehouse, my only thought was, please, dear God, don't let that pregnant woman go up in a treehouse. And then. Don't worry, they just take a baby up there later. They just take a, they take a fucking baby. <laughs> a brand newborn. We're going to talk about it's that. It's fine. The they have a bucket on a winch and you just put the baby in. <laughs> Again, Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> I will say, doing the math, so like 1970, right? They were 12. So this is like, tw you know, 25 years later, 1995. I had to do the math because Chrissy's like technically got like geriatric pregnancy going on here. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yay, this is encouraging. Like, I. <laughs> feel like I'm on the other side of this now where I'm like, oh, this is where I get to like reconnect with all my childhood friends and go like, oh, I miss you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just, let's just get into it. Um, guys and Ashley, mm -hmm. uh, what, what was your experience as, as a child learning about the, the art of gardening? Like how did your parents handle the talk? Um, I, it, best my memory serves. Uh, I had already learned a lot of things from outside sources, let's say. Okay. Uh, so by the time my, my, uh, parents would have thought to have a talk with me, uh, it had been known that I don't need a talk. And so no, no real talk occurred. Um, my parents didn't want it to be this like, you know, topic that was so like, Ooh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, risque that, you know, like I, would would learn it from the outside sources or you know have any sort of like rebellion against it you know or you know or in it right um and so they decided when i was um like eight or nine that i could check out a picture book from the library um and that was essentially like the first exposure to it and i remember sitting in the back seat of a car reading it and looking at the pictures which were very graphic and <laughs> like it was like cartoonish though so yeah. like there was hair and it was funny looking and um <laughs> was it sex by madonna <laughs> no but i remember i started to read some of it out loud and i was like dad what are titties and my dad was like it says titties <laughs> it says titties <laughs> <laughs> oh, young Ashley. Jesus the glimpses Christ. into your childhood are just enough. <laughs> I fucking quit, man. Chris made a mistake. He's like, oh, I'm going to have the best story. And Ashley's like, nope. Just end the episode here. We're done. We peaked. This has been Trash Watch. 
how we get into the into the flashback that is this movie uh is is the we start our Demi Moore uh, narration that comes up mm, like three times over the rest of the movie to occasionally remind you that there are adults in this movie. Mm-hmm. And during it, she literally says like back before MTV and Nintendo, we had to find our own ways of entertaining ourselves. <laughs> I was like, wow, it is literally word for word in this movie. Also just some classic cinematography. You know, they're about to flash back from the adults to the kids. And, mm-hmm. and so they're pushing the adult on the swing. We see the kid, the swing in and out of frame. So we know what's going to happen. The adult's going to swing out of frame. The kid's going to swing into frame. Yeah. Now nah, we're just going to, we're going to pay up at the sky and then cut to the past all of a sudden. <laughs> yep. I, I never grew up in a cul-de-sac. Uh, like, like much like Ashley, I, grew oh, I don't kind have that of, kind of money. Yeah, I, I grew up, I grew up out in the country. Um, so I'm not used to like this friends by proximity thing. Is this how cul-de-sacs work? Like you just find four people of similar age and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I it kind of happened to me, but it was all boys. So like, I yeah. played lots of Power Rangers and video games as a child. So is that why you keep, te- why you keep telling everyone you're not like other girls? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's like I I wanted to be Roberta so badly because she was yeah. the tomboy and, you know, she, you know, he binds her chest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's a secret lesbian. Like she For thinks sure. she's happy as, as an adult. Well, yeah, I'm she's guessing, like, she's I'm living guessing... in sin with, with her, her boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, there, there's got to be like, yeah. 10 15 pages missing that is all just <laughs> Roberta backstory. To be yes. fair, it might just it also might just be Chrissy is too sheltered. And Chrissy's like, why don't you ever bring your boyfriend to me around to meet me? And like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh. And like, I feel like because because Chrissy, he lives in Canada. Remember? Yeah, I feel like <laughs> astronaut and- Mike Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Sam and Tina definitely know that their friend's a lesbian and are fine with it. But Chrissy is like, oh, Chrissy can't handle that, guys. Let's just. Let's just tell her I have a boyfriend. I I do have a, a, a obsession with these coming of age movies. Like they will, I I will never say no to them. I will always be joyfully intrigued by their stories. I just I can't help it. Um, I really wish not that not that I think every movie needs a sequel, but I kind of wish there was like another chapter of now and then that is you know twenty years from the movie now, so we can see. Like like high school and college age girls. Oh yeah, we find out Chrissy's like a turf and voted for Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Samantha because she grows up to be J.K. Rowling. <laughs> One of them is an anti-masker. Unfortunately, oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tina's definitely like going on the view and being like, I just think we can't vaccinate our children. Roberta <laughs> is Antifa. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> oh yeah, the, Roberta's like in, at City Hall b- bullying the mayor. The yeah. the only thing that Christy and Roberta ever fight about is who they voted for. I Watching this film, I think I learned the intrinsic difference between young group of boys and young group of girls who are friends is the boys will give themselves some type of uh, name to overstate their importance. They'd be like the gang or like the cool boys or something. And like the girls don't have a convenient name for these four friends for me to call them. And I was like, ah, stupid girls. <laughs> name yourself something that I can refer to you more easily. You could just call them boys like Janine Garofalo. Oh man. <laughs> well that's because she's she's a weirdo. Also, that is the first of four fuck me, it's blank yes. of yes. my notes. Yes. With one glorious one <laughs> later. One, the, oh. I mean there's one that's better than the rest of them. But because still. it's the only one not listed in the credits. Like the opening credits. Me- 
Yeah, that's amazing. But oh, uh, I, I do okay. like that. But no, so the girl grand, I'm just gonna call it the Lannisters because apparently they always pay their debts. They do. <laughs> uh, so the Lannisters are going around, and this is when we're, they're young, and I'm like, oh, this soundtrack is horny. Yes. And it, it is every song from like the late '60s that's a, like can't talk about sex, but it's like I'll be there, baby. Let's hold hands and whatever <laughs> you want, I'm around. Like every song is all the like vague terminology for like let's get together and fuck i didn't know if we could really peek from our last episode of like weird horniness but ashley you you have broken the mold dear thank you you're welcome (laughs) all right so this is the point where they're in the diner and they meet janine garofalo and they have their brown cows in addition to gene garofalo uh, let's get to the best feature of the Stider scene, which is yes. the Cosmo Quiz. All right, fellas and Ashley, it's time to play our new favorite game. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to uh, hear what your answers are here. Uh, your idea of foreplay is a candlelit dinner, a moonlit walk on the beach. Oh, sorry, a candlelit dinner and a moonlit walk on a beach. Would you rather be making out on a, for B, be making out on a bearskin rug at a local mountain cabin, or C, watching a sexy movie together, or D, all of the above? What movie? I don't know. Brian, Brian immediately ruined the wait, game. Wait, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Jurassic now I'm, now, Park. Now I'm really curious. See, see, see. Jurassic Park. Now, 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 the dinosaurs are wearing clothes. <laughs> uh, I was going to be like, I, I just wanted to know what Brian's idea of a sexy movie is. We've already established it. Jurassic it's Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> yeah, Ashley nailed it. She called it. All right, so Brian Brian picks uh, a sexy movie. Brandon, what what are you feeling? Are you feeling? I think well, classic Brandon style. I'm gonna be real pedantic about this. I just I think I think with what I consider foreplay to be, not just something that pre something that occurs earlier in the night than sex. I don't think is an adequate description of foreplay. So I got to go making out. I think that's the only thing that would qualify as foreplay. All right. Yeah. Te- technically, it would be B. Honestly, I would say D. Like in reality. Okay. Okay. But I yeah. needed to, I needed to make the what is the movie joke. Right, right. So, okay, we've got making out a bearskin rug for Brandon, sexy movie for Brian. Ashley, what are you feeling? I mean, yeah, kind of D, all of the above. All like, of the above? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, they no, should transition. Honestly, you should have dinner and walk to your cabin, start watching a sexy movie, start making out on the rug, ignoring the movie. And then, like, the movie gets done while you're having sex and the DVD menu's on. And then you just hear like the same thirty seconds of the movie over and over again. Well, what again. happened is, you know, we're we're on the run. I'd be like, shh, sh- 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 hold up, hold up, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Laura Dern's turning the power back on. <laughs> now, in the book, actually, what happens with him, is- <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hammond? I think we're back in business. Anyway, where were we? Anyway, where were we? <laughs> uh, well, of course, my answer was going to be a like you know, candlelit dinner, moonlit walk. I think that's always you know romantic. Lame. So that means walking so- is the worst that means i am a woman on the verge although my <laughs> sensuality is yet to be tapped it is like a volcano ready to erupt uh-huh. so there's there's that uh <laughs> uh brandon mm-hmm. since you chose option b mm-hmm. uh you are a uh romantic uh sorry you walk a fine line between romanticism and sex appeal Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to take the plunge. You just a bit said might, of me. You just <laughs> might surprise yourself. Uh, Brian. <gasps> That's you me. Need, Brian, you need to let go of your inhibitions before you dry up like a prune. 
Oh, no. Excuse me, have you seen Jurassic Park? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, I am a plenty moist. And Ashley, you are a sexual magnet, attracting men from the four corners of the world. Pace yourself. I mean, and hey, what do we have here but four corners? Yeah. <laughs> there are four Zoom windows. Who have all, all united around your movie pick. This is true. My next note, which occurred during the first seance. Yes, audience, I said first seance. Yes. Ashley, is this what girls get up to? I was too religious to actually ever do a seance. But I, again, I always was like, what if I did a seance? Like, <laughs> like, like, just what if? I wish, I wish this was video, because dear God, seeing Ashley's face, like, adult grown Ashley still looked like mischievous, like she was sneaking away with something. And like, what if I did a seance? What if I was a uh, naughty little girl and did a seance? Wouldn't it be hilarious if we did a seance? I mean, I mean, now, now that we know we shouldn't really this do a seance. Fun, not that I want really. to, but like, just right. a joke. If. <laughs> like what if what if you guys give me mouth to mouth like not that i want girls to put their mouths on me but like what if i just pretended to drown and you had to kiss yeah. me that'd be crazy <laughs> i will say ashley i am i am forever grateful to you because this film has introduced me to the insult fart ass, fart yes! ass! <laughs> i will now start so look out friends i will now start insulting you all by calling you fart asses <laughs> going to make that the uh trash watch group chat name yeah <laughs> fart asses <laughs> See, that's, we're the, that's our, and that'll be our bull, as our like rival bully gang name. Yeah, like, ah, the fart asses are here to ruin our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was at this point during the, the seance scene that I wrote down, where is this movie going? Because again, we, we had met the adults, we met the kids, and I'm like, how the ever loving hell is this going to, associate into the current situation yeah spoiler alert it doesn't <laughs> the answer may not surprise you this is kind of where we abandon the treehouse narrative like yeah. not- <laughs> it, it'll come back in 15 minutes and I then thought- we'll abandon it again <laughs> yeah watching the star store it's like okay it's going to be a series of them how to get the money to finally get their treehouse and you don't even see them get the treehouse like it just it's like a montage like just real quick they paint the garage and they get like 10 bucks and they're like we did it we got the treehouse. I should establish though it's it's the plot doesn't really connect super well, but this will come back later. So the things that you, the audience, if you didn't have watched the film, needs to know: they're doing a séance. I think it's very funny that Tina suggests they try Marilyn Monroe. I was like, I'm, like I'm, I knew you'd of fucking course. say that, you fucking horse. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that's from John Mulaney. I was doing a bit. Oh, that's what I thought you'd I say. Uh, so instead, they look at a like they, instead they just look at the first headstone next to them. And say, dear Johnny, who's dear apparently Johnny. died when he was twelve. More like dead Johnny. Hey, hey. Uh, yeah. So they try to. So they do this answer, dead Johnny, and like lightning strikes a tree, and so they're all freaked out, and they think they see a ghost. But Johnny's not the only one who's dead. Not, not the only dead thing in this movie, because we find out in the scene before the seance, what's also dead is Sam's parents' marriage. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, and also well, Roberta's mom. There's a lot of death in this film. Yep. I texted the trash boys this. I'm sorry, the uh, fart asses this. <laughs> but uh, so, Ashley, you didn't hear this. Yeah, Ashley, mute your mic. I, <laughs> I, st- <laughs> I established, I said, you cannot just have a line, oh, hey, it's crazy Pete, and leave it at that. 
I was like, this film better immediately pivot to be the story of Crazy Pete and nothing else. You can't just throw in a character like that. I mean, there's always an old man riding a bicycle in the dark. Like, that's just how movies go. (laughs) Is that not a thing that happened in your small towns? It was the 90s. I understand. Home Alone did it as well. The creepy old person. But... Like the, the the all the tact of a sledgehammer hitting a gong. Yes. <laughs> um. This this opens up the the next question for me, and this this is going to start a series of questions for Ashley about women. Um. Ashley, is it a thing when you were growing up that you showed your boobs to other girls to compare sizes? Uh, I do remember having a conversation with friends in band class one day, um, talking about how if you wanted bigger boobs, you should eat more chicken. So like we did have that conversation. Please explain. I ate too much chicken. <laughs> and if this is real, this is why I still have breasts. <laughs> okay, no, no, but I have to know. Like, what was the thought process behind "Chicken Gives Me Boobs"? Don't know. I just remember like this was like middle school band. We were watching Blues Clues, and like my. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? No, you can't just say we were watching Blues Clues in middle school band like you're introducing Crazy Pete. I never thought I'd hear the words Blues Clues, breasts, and band all in the same conversation. Hey, Blue, we're going to eat some chicken. Does anybody have any like distinct stories of when you found out about certain sexual aspects as, as a kid that you thought were real. And then, you know, later on in life realized were embarrassingly myth. Does that make sense? I, like, okay. Let me, let me, let me press this. Uh, so mine, you have a story to tell Chris, just go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So mine was uh, much like, uh, much like Ashley in, in marching band as a freshman in high school, you were watching blues the, clues. Fuck. Yes, we were. Um, no, one of the, one of the seniors, you know, used the term, blowjob and i had never heard that before okay so i'm with all my friends and they're all laughing at the term blowjob and i say what is a blowjob and this senior in high school comes up to me dead face and looks at me and goes it's when you you blow on a man's penis to make it bigger (laughs) now wait does that work i'll be right back to to me (laughs) To me, I'm literally thinking like, oh, it's a balloon, and you're like, <laughs> and you make it as big as you need to make. And I am, I embarrassingly believed this until I was a junior in high school when somebody goes, no, that's not what this is. Uh this leads me to my question about boys based on this Ooh. movie. Uh, Cause the, you know, the they're having this very similar conversation to what we're having right now on around a picnic table on their break during their massive bike adventure, which I love. No, and we did not all go uh, skinny dipping together. No, that's next. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Cause that, I have a bone to pick there. <laughs> so does Devin Sawa. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> My question, so Chrissy describes the male curse, which is when you tongue kiss a boy, they automatically think you will want to do the deed. Is that true? Would you like to know my note that I wrote down? I'll read it verbatim. <laughs> the male curse is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, more accurately, I've seen other men behave that way. Me, like, I, I had to be like, 
most of the way through having sex with someone where I'm like, I think this person might want to have sex with me. So they set off on this adventure to like a town next town over or whatever to get to the, the county records to find out what happened to, to dear Johnny. And this is why I realized like, Oh, this movie is telling me the difference between like young male coming of age stories and young female coming of age stories is men are like, Hey, there's a dead body. Let's go look at it. And then we could be cool heroes for finding a dead body. And girls are like, what does this ghost want? Like, let's help put this person at peace. And we're like, let's go poke it with a stick. Boys are like, where is the dead body? Women are like, why is the dead body? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, gentlemen and Ashley, I feel like we've delayed long enough. We've arrived at the scene where the girls come across the the rival boy gang who are all, I uh, granted they're brothers, which I guess does maybe make this slightly different, but they're all skinny, like hanging out, roughhousing completely naked in this river, lake, pond, creek, whatever it is. My my question is, and the one that like wounds me most deep is, did all the guys just not invite me to naked, like roughhousing hours? It's okay, they didn't invite me either, Brandon. Was I neglected? Were like all the other cool guys just like hanging out naked, horse playing in the in the river? That's the curse of this movie. It shows you all of the things that you could have had that you didn't have. I mean, on the other hand, what this movie didn't have Nintendo. I had Nintendo, which is why I was never invited. To go. That's true. I guess if I had to, if I had to choose between playing Mario and roughhousing with a bunch of other guys naked, I'm gonna go Mario every time. I'm yep. sorry, guys. I can't. I have to beat Kuja. <laughs> um, we did skip something, and, and and I would I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up. Did anybody else notice that weird moment when Roberta says to Chrissy, "You're my best friend." And Chrissy is just like, oh, thanks. Like, she did say that. And I was. <laughs> no, no, it's the other way around. Chrissy says, you're my best friend, Roberta. Oh, yes, yes, that's what yeah. it is. That's and Roberta's yeah. like, an avocado. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's like saying, oh, I, I, I really, I, I am madly in love with you. That's awesome. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> this is right. This is right after Chrissy punched Roberta. We forgot yeah. to bring that up. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Cr- Chrissy punches Roberta because Roberta fakes her death. Because Roberta pulled out a classic faking of her death. <laughs> Which, as, you, as Brandon noted earlier, she has apparently done more than once. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, there's one or two ways to go. Like, they never establish it, but since the other two girls are best friends, I'm assuming they actually are best friends. Yeah. And they stay together yeah. growing up. But also, I was waiting for that moment. It had been the perfect moment for her to go, like, you're my best friend. And then Roberta go, I think I'm gay. <laughs> it would have been a great moment for that like that would have made more sense i think all right so let's get back to the naked pond time i um, will say this good on this film because not a lot of films show anyone appreciating seeing balls for the first time this is true this is true it's like, it's like i saw his penis and his balls i was like oh good good job balls you made it you, you made above the title good job balls <laughs> uh i did i did appreciate the the comedy of chrissy being technically forced into looking at a penis and balls for the first time. Yes, my note is, no, don't force me to look at this penis. Oh, no. (laughs) It's such a It would be weird if I was the only one who didn't look. Right. (laughs) I wish I had thought of that more as a a young girl. (laughs) Oh, you're forcing me to make out with this guy. Oh, no. Oh, you're right. (laughs) It would be hilarious if we kissed. (laughs) (laughs) Now... The fact that these 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 girls steal these boys' clothes and make them run around even more naked out in public, like in a movie, it's charming. 
In real life, that's awful. And in the IMDb Parents Guide, it is entirely lowercase letters without a period at the end. It just says, teenage girls steal clothes from naked bathing boys. <laughs> Amazing. Naked bathing ah, boys the is the name of my boys. indie project. <laughs> the naked bathing boys are my favorite uh, Prohibition era gang. <laughs> This is, by the way, one of the two entries that are about this scene. <laughs> oh, what else we got, Brian? Don't, don't keep us in suspense. What do we Just got, Brian? A group of boys, teenagers and younger, swim nude in, in a lake and are seen naked in both the front and back in various shots. Most notably, they are seen running down a road with their back ends completely showing. <laughs> I, I object to that description because I think it'd be one thing if they were swimming naked. They are just like aggressively wrestling with each other naked. <laughs> and like with, doing flips. With, with like standing so specifically so their dicks are above the water. They're not like out in the water. They're specifically wrestling where it's only up to their thighs. So that way their their dicks are at high risk of just slapping into each other. It is an intentional choice. As the after we leave this scene with the lake, a very important figure shows up in this movie. As we're biking down the road. They pass a drifter, and I stopped, and I was looked at, and I was like, is that? What? Is that? And I get over my phone, I go to the Wikipedia article, I scroll down to the bottom of the Wikipedia cast list. Fuck me, it's Brendan Fraser. Fuck Yay! me! Fraser! Oh, and, 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 and by the way, oh, what a fucking heartthrob that man was. Uh, or, you know, was? I'm sorry, is. Okay, still is. <laughs> still you, is. Chris. You're right. You're right. But that moment when, like, he's sitting in the rusted out truck and he's smoking a cigarette and just, like, the hair and the uh, face and that, that coy smile. Like, I was sitting there going, oh, okay. The, the, like, despite the fact that Roberta's definitely lesbian, they all dis- developed. They all discover their sexuality was whatever Brendan Fraser is. Like, forget exactly. Sawa, man. Give me Fraser every day of the week. Roberta, Roberta is a lesbian plus Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that is her Kinsey scale. That is lesbian <laughs> plus or minus one Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I do want to say, though, uh, for any uh, uh, 12-year-olds who listen to this podcast, weird. But First okay. off, why? Yeah, why? Weird. You okay. Don't. Um, don't smoke. Please don't smoke, kids. And don't talk to random drifters yeah, when no. you're alone on your bike. I was like, holy smokes, like the 2020 in me is going, this is so unsafe. Also, this was the <laughs> 70s. This is like the heyday of the American serial killer. Well, and I thought at one point, I'm like, they're going to ruin my love of Brendan Fraser here because he is going to hit on one of them and it's going to be awkward and just bad. I'm so glad that he doesn't. Don't worry, though. This is, Instead, it's just very weird, heavy Vietnam themes. That, this movie, that the movie suddenly introduces out of nowhere. Well, I mean, we're we're in a very heavy, like, ten minutes of the movie, because this is also, before they meet Brandon Fraser, is actually when they got to the library to read up on whatever happened to Dear Johnny. Uh, they discover that a couple of the pages have been torn out of it. And I I was waiting for this. I was like, is this movie going to be that there's a the ghost ripped out those pages and the ghost is trying to hide the truth of what happened? Or like the killer did it? Yeah, I'm... I had no idea. There's a lot of places it could go, but I wrote down, what is this ghost hiding? I, uh. So, yeah, what we found out was that, uh, is that dear Johnny was murdered, as was his mother. Yeah, but, like, the way the grandma acts about this later, I thought, did the grandma have something to do with the death? Oh, the grandma and her bingo friends definitely murdered them. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to grandma. I got, I, I'm going to talk about Cloris Leachman. That She was one of my fuck me, it's Cloris Leachman. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So while they're in the library, 
uh, they're looking through a bunch of old newspapers and uh, Roberta, who, uh, by the way, we should mention her mom died when she was four. And at this point, she opens one of the newspapers and there in the front page is the headline, local teacher killed and it's her mother. And as they read part of it, it says, driving to school, Catherine Martin was involved in a head-on collision with a pickup truck. Accident investigators believe the driver of the pickup truck, Peter Norris, fell asleep at the wheel. Catherine Martin, also this is like the second, the one of two Peters, so this this could have alternate cut of the movie is uh, Crazy Pete is the driver. Yeah. Um, it says, Catherine Martin was pinned in the car for an hour and a half before she was rescued. She was fully conscious while rescue workers attempted to extract her from the de- demolished vehicle. She died during the night at Green County Hospital of massive head injuries and severe internal bleeding. Many persons feel at this stage that some legal action is forthcoming, but it now becomes common knowledge that there is pressure from the inside which will materially change the aspect of the case. Then below it, if the man is such a monster as you picture him to be and you are afraid he will harm her or imprison her, what is to keep her from leaving him? If she can, it was about four o'clock... By the way, there's no period there. If she can. It was about four o'clock on the quiet Tuesday afternoon that David L. Wilbur walked along the interstate highway hoping to get lucky and find a ride to the nearest town before dark. Now, now, when Pendleton recalls that night of the stubborn landing gear, he does does so in the same offhanded manner. Retired ball player. You retired ball players use to describe bottom of the ninth pinch hit homers. The quote: "Those tomcats weigh in at about thirty thousand pounds, and they cost thirty million dollars each. What? So if you divide something into something else, you'll see that they cost more than a good steak at the best restaurant. So you want to make sure that when you take one of those scared, now I'm terrified. The woman I love is being in is being innately date the Sonata." Experts believed it to have been to come to the school has resulted from the Sonatas his thirties. Next paragraph. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. Oh, this. Did, hold I on. A second. Did I just have a stroke? The authenticating team was headed by professor of by professor of calisthenics in the morning. Before I do anything, felt that only by a more detailed study will the true wall dining with friends. Next paragraph. The facts regarding the situation remain the same, state the authorities. Details concerning the action have been given a preliminary investigation, but it is facts become known. Final paragraph that you can see. An immediate, an, invest, an immediate investigation is assured, and indications are that some new light will be shed on the situation in the near future. Available facts seem vague, but authorities feel that time will disclose some means of arriving at a solution. I think I understand why she's so upset by this article now. <laughs> Okay, Ashley, I I need to ask you this. How much of your like attachment to this film is the fact that they're like hiding from their grandma? <laughs> <laughs> Who's also introduced exactly like that Geico commercial with the ants? Yep. When this happened, I was like, "Oh, the mom doesn't want to deal with the drama of the grandma showing up and trying to talk her into going back to the husband and and the making the daughter hide under the table." And I was like, "Oh, this is this is going to be a real heavy episode." <laughs> no the grandma like i appreciate her so much more now as an adult like this character because i i do see a lot of my grandma in this grandma for sure your grandma's chloris leachman i wish we all wish is this where we play softball uh well first this is when they go to willa dean's house i believe this is when they pay the uh, one thirteenth of the value of a treehouse to get uh 10 of their treehouse dollars 
which I do love that term, treehouse dollars. She, uh, I say, like, for anyone who was upset about being Chrissy, she is so sassy. Like, I loved her in this scene. Oh, yeah. I love that she's the skeptic, even though she's, like, the 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 prude, right? So, like, because yeah. it's not really religion that makes her, like, prudish. Like, it, it's being Bonnie Hunt's daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is where we get to the famous phrase, girls can't play softball, the sport famously for girls. <laughs> By the way, the scene where that leads us into softball is... The the amount like the amount of things that happen in these thirty seconds is very. It's the speaking of the room. It's the flower shop scene. It is like because it's they go to they go to Janine Garofalo. They're like how they do the tarot cards. Like you know how did he die? She they put down the card with death with a death that has like ten swords going into a kid's back. So it's like oh it was Johnny stabbed in the back ten times. So then we smash cut to they're like you know I need to Sam's like I need to call my mom. Smash cut to her hanging up the the payphone, uh, like hey I call I called my mom. She said you know uh blah 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 visit grandma. my grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Roberta's like hey you know we can get ten more dollars by painting the garage door tomorrow. Cool. And then a newsie runs up and is like so there's a softball game going on. <laughs> Oh, I think, I think yeah, he, read all about it. <laughs> he, he drives up and she's like, hey, Todd, what's the good word? Didn't you see in the paper this morning? Softball. I feel like we watch a fair amount of films. We probably know how films are going to work. So I get to this, the softball scene. Devin Sawa, the like leader of the, the enemy gang, is pitching. Christina Ricci goes up to bat. And I was like, OK, I see what's going to happen here. She's going to fucking crank one out of the park victory for feminism take that patriarchy and like embarrass him and also turn him on simultaneously and i was like okay this is what's gonna happen and instead no 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 my friends a separate unrelated boy tells her that girls can't play softball so she punched him in the fucking face like 20 times (laughs) i I literally wrote world star Also, oh I, I will say he he invokes her dead mom when insulting her, so he definitely deserved to get punched in the face four hundred times. Well, that's when Sam joins in the fight too, which you know hers feels super empowered. No, that was a be- like that was so much better than just like cranking a- the baseball out of the park, which is what I thought was going to happen. I was like, oh yeah, just beating the shit out of a real piece of shit. That's way better. And this is after we meet Morton, Chrissy's future husband. That's right. This is where we introduce our second nerd, and I I get so <laughs> mad. I get I get so mad. So I was like, okay, whatever. They're not going to do the thing where they meet the kid when they're kids, and it's an unrelated person that she that doesn't matter who who it is. She's not. He's not related to the childhood. Nope. Hey, Chrissy, it's me, Morton. I know you're still broke up by Bobby Fricker's terrible demise. <laughs> <laughs> you can murder me anytime, baby. <laughs> After the softball game, the, the the girls return home, and we get the final fuck me moment because it's fuck me. It's 1970s Hank Azaria. Yeah. I want I want a film series. I need a spinoff TV show on on HBO Max about this character. I I genuinely love this this scene because you have you have the small the small daughter the smaller child who's sitting there like confused about what's actually happening. You have the older daughter that's like, well, fuck you, bud. You have the mom that's trying so hard, Bud's trying so hard, but like it's not, it's not overdone. It doesn't feel like it's a, a, a scene. It actually feels realistic for what's happening in this in the situation, and I and it was just so well put together, especially when she comes out and puts on her dad's shirt, like puts her dad's shirt on him. I was like, 
oh, fuck you. I, you couldn't have picked any other shirt. You had to pick the bowling shirt that said Stan. Go fuck yourself. I don't want to tell anyone how to run their life, but if you if you have children and you're just getting back in the dating pool, maybe go on a date with the person independently first before yeah. having them in your home meeting your children. It's the 70s. Hank Azaria may be a serial killer. He he may have killed D- Dear Johnny. <laughs> yeah, he may have killed s- and, and several people. He could be a drunk truck driver. Like the- yeah, D- Dear Johnny, Dear Johnny's mom, little Bobby Fricker. <laughs> <laughs> the murders are racking up. The next series of events starts with uh, Teenie's house, and her parents are having a, a, a party, and they, they scan up the house, and they get to this roof where Teenie is watching, and I didn't find, I didn't love have story. time to find, love it's a love story. story, that's what I thought, but I, I didn't confirm. Because she, she, says, she says, along with the movie, the love means never having to say you're sorry. Oh, yes. Okay, good, good. Best line um, in cinema history. Yes, but I, excuse me, the best line in cinema history is... Mr. Hammond, after careful consideration, I have decided not to endorse your park. Brian, stop. I can't get any harder. Uh, I I do have an important question. I need anyone to rule on this. Was Devin Sawa night creeping and window peeping? Fuck yeah, he was. Probably. He walks out from her backyard. He he walks out between the houses. He was around her house looking in people's windows at night. He was he probably lived in the house like next door and was like always window peeping. Yeah, so we get the moment where they play basketball and he's like, Oh, maybe insulting women is not the way to like this is where you see the true evolution of a boy when they realize like, oh, pulling her pigtails doesn't seem to be working. I've tried that since age six and it's not getting me the response I want. Maybe I'll try literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, they uh they go get a pop, which I appreciate they're in the Midwest, they say pop. Mm-hmm. Uh and very horny scene because they're both sitting on the the backswing and she is like fondling this coke bottle yeah and i'm like this is very weird very charged scene however i texted ashley this i was very excited and i said this is how consent works good job movie i was so happy for this movie yes it 100 percent like shows consent mm-hmm. and it, i appreciate times. that he asks yes yeah best best moment in the movie by far devon sawa and christina ricci kiss they pull away he enthusiastically says, that was great. And she goes, it was okay. <laughs> in case you forgot, there are two other uh, two other friends in this movie. And they break into the treehouse factory and hang out in their future treehouse with each uh, other. Talking exclusively about dead TV parents. <laughs> and, and, unfortunately, uh, Chrissy's weight, because I wrote, fuck you, stop making fun of Chrissy. <laughs> also... Yeah. Uh, did any of you catch the bug crawling on Thora Birch? Yes. No. no. It's like a tiny yes. little like spider or something at one point crawling across her raincoat. No. <laughs> wow. I, I say I did write down this is the classic Home Alone moment where the like creepy loner in the town shows up and turns out to be a good person who helps the kids. So I wrote down the Boo Radley moment. Yeah. Yes, Boo Radley. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Thanks, English teacher. In this house, we worship Macaulay Culkin films from the nineties. <laughs> I. I had like, uh, like like a flashback, like hot sweat last night watching this scene because I remember seeing this as a kid and I was 
petrified of those corner sewers uh, areas because they were always just big enough that like I could have climbed in one and realizing, oh, there's no way out of that if you get in there unless a homeless guy comes and pulls you out of it, you're going to drown. So The only, per- the only there, person who will pull you out of it is a homeless like, guy. <laughs> last night, I'm literally sitting there going, oh my God, are they going to kill this little girl? You have to help me. Uh, sorry, I can't help you. I, I, own, a, I own a condo. <laughs> <laughs> Even sitting here last night, again, knowing that we see all these people at the beginning of the movie, but seeing her last night, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to fucking kill this little girl in this, in this floodgate. And it, thank God it doesn't happen, but. Oh uh, my God. Just... Plot to, here. Here's how you fit. Here's how you make this movie amazing. Okay. So you have that previous scene, Roberta, Roberta drowns. First off, you, you have that, that is canon. So Are we killing all of them now. Yes. So that then okay. at the end of the movie, it's the four of them uniting in heaven. Oh my God. <laughs> And so Christina Ricci dreams she grew up to be Rosie O'Donnell. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Are you are you saying that in this world you're creating heaven is a treehouse for children? I, however, when we finally talk to Crazy Pete, the thing he says is that I don't really care for people, and I don't think they care for me. Making Crazy Pete the most relatable character in the film. Yep. <laughs> it was after this moment that feels like the climax of the film that I looked and saw that there were thirty minutes, minutes left. left. <laughs> Uh, is this where we get to Grandma's house? Mm-hmm. Finally. Finally. <laughs> I have a question for you, Ashley. Yes. Did Grandma spike the lemonade, or is it I just bad lemonade? wrote that down. You know she spiked that lemonade. <laughs> and for the children, for the children, which is why they go... <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, did Grandma just pour a picture of Mike's heart and hand it out to the children? She doesn't know because she's already wasted. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they get drunk, and that's why Christina Ricci gets suddenly weepy all this in the next scene. Oh, that makes so much more sense now. She's drunk, and she's like, "Why is my mom dead? <laughs> Do you guys hate me? Why are you always calling me fat, you bitches? Also, nobody tell Grandma I broke the mirror. Yes, I wrote that down too. Like grandma's gonna be pissed when she gets home. (laughs) And that's also why Teeny's like not helping. She's just like dancing to herself in the mirror. Yeah, because Teeny Teeny's a messy bitch who lives (laughs) for drama. (laughs) Teeny is a messy bitch who lives for drama. Oh, Uh, but this scene, this scene with grandma, like always, like gave me like physical like pain growing up because I just wanted her to just speak something that was true like i don't know if that speaks to like i think that's person i think your personal relationship personal. <laughs> yeah um but like and like she, she but she's so just like guarded and her little perfect dress and like then she's drinking this lemon mm-hmm. <laughs> like but i also like now i'm like oh my god she's my hero because like she loves to gamble like she's mm-hmm. alone and she's like <laughs> She's like, mm, I gossip about everything, but not this. Like, I will not yep. talk to my grandchildren about this. And she gets her little, like, her little vacuum thing, mm-hmm. you know, she, like the few crumbs, like the one yes. little crumb that she dropped. She's like, no, it has mm-hmm. to be perfect. And like, <laughs> like, oh my God. And then she puts on her hair as she yes. leaves and it's funky. She hops in and the like, car with the Tom oh. Jones gang. Oh. <laughs> Where yeah. are they going? Because it's not bingo. They're not <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Hold no, good sir. <laughs> Because uh, my two notes in the scene were first is grandma's grandma's wildly off. She thinks I bet these women won't want to hear about this horrible true crime. <laughs> she apparently knows nothing about women. 
uh, and the second that I wrote down is my grandma loved bingo. And like her and my aunts would all like went every week and like they would spend a lot of money on bingo. So are those these they might be going to like Atlantic City to have drunk bingo, but I think they yeah, are playing bingo. Yeah. But she she offhandedly, Cloris Leachin offhandedly talks about scrapbooks in the attic that grandpa had that, you know, has all the, the stuff about Johnny and his death and whatever. Like, and I couldn't tell if she was leading with that statement to be like, please break in my house, find what you need to, so I don't have to say this out loud again. Or if she's just like, oh, I'll just, I just, I'm just going to say this to move the plot forward. I think it's just heavy handed screenwriting. Yeah. 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 Uh, however, I do, me expecting this to like take another step into crazy town. Like, they get there, she goes, jackpot, she finds the article, and then she goes, oh, look, it's a letter to the editor that my grandpa wrote. And I was I was a hundred percent ready for it to go. I killed them. It was me. <laughs> they printed his letter, but it's just it's just a it's just a bunch of random like letters. It's some kind of cipher. It yes. says, "Mister, please, I gave you all the clues." <laughs> 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 yeah. Instead, it's very weird though. The article they basically find out that like yeah, they were killed by a random burglar is the story that everyone knows. And then the grandpa wrote a thing like, "It's surprising that murders can happen in small towns." Is basically. The summation. And while it makes Christina, like, Christina Ricci crushes the acting, but it's very strange that, like, hearing this is what makes her break down about her mom. They all have a weird, a weird reaction to that because some of them are like, oh, but this can't happen in our small town. And, like, it's just, it's, it, you're right. It seems a bit misguided how they react to it. Like, the, the scene overall is fantastic, but that, that lead is just weird. Okay, so just to jump, well, there's, I guess not jumping ahead, there's not much left, but so there's a moment where they're in, they do another seance, and uh, we'll cover what happens there, but there's a moment where the one girl approaches Crazy Pete, and I swear to God, I thought she was about to Scott Pilgrim and go, from now on, you shall be regular Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, the caretaker is the Debbie Downer of the seance. Oh, I, yeah. I was so upset that the movie didn't commit to it. Cause, so they're having their seance. They found out what happened. They're talking to, to dear Johnny, or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, and, then, and then we see a bright light, and then a fucking tombstone is hovering in midair towards them in this light. And it's I was terrifying. like, I said, is this about to be the greatest film that's ever been made? <laughs> like, if it turns supernatural now, I will love this film. And instead, it's like, nope, some old guy comes up to explain all the... the Real world explanations for what? Yeah, going whoops! On. I knocked over the tombstone with my tractor that I apparently was driving in the middle of the rain. Yeah, it was between the lightning strike and an hour later when they all went back out to the graveyard for their meeting. Yeah. I, I I have a theory that that guy is just drunkenly driving his tractor at night because you don't install headstones at night. And how do you hit a headstone with a tractor? Like because he's been drinking to to suit to swage the guilt. Of, of uh, ever since Johnny. he, I gotta say, ever since he murdered that boy and his mother. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say it's just because of the disjointed nature of the plot, where they like, oh yeah, we're talking about the treehouse. Now we're talking about this kid's ghost. Now we're just being horny teenagers, like that. Nothing really flows into each other. I should have seen the Pete reveal coming, but I didn't. And so when it happened, I was like, what? It, it's Samantha goes up to Pete, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she goes up to Pete because she sees him as they're leaving the uh, the graveyard, and she plucks some wildflowers in front of the graveyard and goes to talk to him. Also, because they see Crazy Pete, and Tina or Teeny or someone is like, uh, it's Crazy Pete again, and Samantha's like, let's just leave him alone, okay? Which, to me, says that she at no point told them about uh, Crazy Pete rescuing her, literally saving her life. That's the whole thing. It's like, this is the secret moment between half of the friend group 
And like they all have their secrets now, which they. Didn't oh yeah, she couldn't. She couldn't tell them that she and Teeny were just hanging out by themselves. So, yeah, no, that wouldn't no. have ended well. It gets messy. Roberta never tells them about her kiss. Like, there's a lot of secrets. Or the fact that she's a lesbian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she takes that secret to the grave. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, as Samantha's approaching and talking to Crazy Pete, you know, he's they they we get the reveal that you know he was. You know, not there when the house was burgled and so on. If I weren't at the bar, I could have saved my family from getting murdered. And so, like, that's when the tears start to well up for me a little bit because it's just such a and it's not overdone how he how he delivers it. But then he says and and I and I wrote it. I even wrote it down on a a notebook this morning because I feel like it's going to be my 2021 mantra. Um, Things will happen in your life that you can't stop, but that's no reason to shut out the world. And I'm like. Whoever wrote that, that is like, that's their moment of I'm done. I don't have to write a fucking thing else again. Like this is, this is the, the crux of this movie. And it's just, except here's the thing. so poignant. Here's the thing. In 2020, you know, this bad thing happened and literally the only recourse is to literally shut out the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Once again, 2020 ruins any good moment we try to have. It's well, uh, yeah. Uh, I, watching Meet Me in St. Louis this year and the the Christmas song where she sings to the the little sister. I was I I was bawling this year over that fucking scene. It's just it was too much. But yeah, I just I don't know. It, it's just it's one of those moments where it's not overdone in the scene. It's not hand fisted the way he says it. It's just it's just solid life advice and. That like that to me, when you do these coming of age movies, you have to have this moment of like one poignant piece of really solid life advice. And that's what makes this movie so good. And that's why I bought it this morning, because I'm like, I have to have this in my life. Now, I do say it would be more impactful, though, if Samantha didn't wait 20 years to listen to that advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just arbitrarily decide to start taking it. It's like, you know what? Now that I see my life is shitty, I think I'll follow. My successful life as an author is shitty. I think I will follow this advice. Uh, I have a question. Why do they steal a limo? Because Tina brought it. Because he's an outsider and he doesn't understand the town. But also, it doesn't seem like Rosie O'Donnell's (laughs) driving very fast. No, and she's not paying attention to the road at all. She's too busy quipping. (laughs) We are 90 minutes into this hour and 40 minute movie. And we finally see our one and only non-white person. Yeah, and he's a servant yeah. class who gets demeaned. Yeah, demeaned yeah. and yelled at and told to go away. And you know he's getting fired because someone stole his limo. But yeah, so they're racing to the hospital. And like like you said, uh, Rosie O'Donnell is quipping the whole way there. And it is quite delightful. Yeah. Um, they show up to the hospital and they... Uh, uh, Chrissy has her baby... Did anyone else notice that Rosie O'Donnell almost drops the baby? Yes. 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 The baby is like, too what? slippery. <laughs> they covered the baby in too much red jello well, and she almost drops it. Guys, in defense of almost dropping the baby. <laughs> okay. If there's one thing we've established very well in this film, it's that Roberta is an incurable prankster constantly faking her death. <laughs> Pretending to drop her friend's baby is a classic Roberta move. <laughs> he's also like really athletic though, and she's a great ball handler. So like, I don't think she's handling many balls. I think she's, <laughs> I think she's more of a, a clam diver. 
<laughs> Still, she should have been an expert. <laughs> I did write 90s hospital seems lax. Like that was yeah. my oh, because I was like, oh my God, I don't like is this just like a church nursery or something? Like this Yeah, they ran out of budgets. This is like the director's like third bedroom. I think if they pulled out you would see that room is carpeted. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants a carpeted birthing suite. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then we get a truly baffling shot. So the baby is born. And then we cut to the house. We see the like treehouse in the background, and like forty neighborhood kids are riding their bikes up as if they're going to see fucking baby Simba presented <laughs> from the, the the. I was like, why? Why are all these children swarming this house with this old woman? That baby should not be in this treehouse. No, this is like a day later. I'm like, did they just take her home right away? Like this is the '90s. Like women stayed in the hospital at least like a day. As someone who had a treehouse, I just want to say we had a bucket with a rope on it, and you could pull, you put stuff in the bucket and pull it up to the top. It's safe. They put the baby in the bucket, you pull it up to the top. Uh, but yeah, we do. We get that moment where Demi Moore, you know, they're going kind of around the table and talking about their life, and she's like, you know, mine's really not as great as you know you might think it is. And then she she gives that great quote from Crazy Pete, and uh, like you said, the the. <laughs> army of children show up in the backyard to play red rover oh and she's like by the way uh uh crazy pete was uh dear johnny's dad uh somehow never never got around to mentioning that to any of the three of you in the last Mm -hmm. 25 years yes and again they basically like she's unhappy because she doesn't have like a solid man in her life like (laughs) that's kind of like what we establish here at the end it's like oh don't like but like Aren't you lonely? Robert, Roberta's like, yeah, see, I'm totally happy because I have a definite, totally real, actual man in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, like, and one of these days, one of these days, they'll, he'll get his passport and he can come down and visit. <laughs> I said, yeah, for being a, uh, a great, like, coming of age female story, I feel like it's maybe doesn't have the most positive feminist message in the end. Yeah. yeah. It's missing a couple beats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, let's roundtable it. I obviously I am a hundred percent on board. You should watch this movie. I, I I think it's a great film. Um, it's it's just it's fun all the way around. There's a lot of really great moments, and the casting is phenomenal. And Brendan Fraser is a total snack. Oh, a hundred percent. I'd recommend this, especially because I hadn't heard of this film. So if you've never heard of it, watch it once. There are several times where I laughed out loud. Very big. The biggest probably being when it said, "This is not the first time she faked her death." <laughs> i about fell on the goddamn floor when that happened yes yes <laughs> yeah i'd say i mean it, it's it's a recommend like it's not i mean again it's not a rush out and watch it type thing it's it's well made it's competent the, and Fuck again you, like Chris Brian, said, i'm a, watching it again <laughs> it's a great cast i mean it's i mean it's not for me that's where i'll say it's not well if you me. have a lot of issues to cope with like chris then definitely watch this therapy <laughs> yeah I, sh- I i honestly probably should get a therapist at some point yeah well i, I mean all men every, first off everyone on the planet should have a therapist yeah uh, but uh and we live in america and the healthcare system is a pile of garbage uh, but actually, you obviously literally recommended this to I us to watch. It. So, yes, do you have and any I like close, it again? Do you have any closing thoughts or just general summation? It holds up. It holds up. Like I just love every second of this movie, and it was really fun for me to rewatch it. <laughs> and uh, like, because I know what everybody's face does. Like this movie impacted me in more ways than I realized. You know, like this movie has a hold on me. The soundtrack. Like I know every word to every song in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, well, let me ask you this, because I know you're interested in this. Uh, how, did you feel you learned anything new about the film, having now discussed it and getting the point of view of the three fart asses? <laughs> <laughs> I've really, I, it's been like a little juicy treat. Like I've been loving, <laughs> like making you guys watch this movie and then hearing your reactions to this movie. Chris, I'm glad that you found like, your your feminine energy in this movie and that you're like <laughs> i am living for this you're invited <laughs> to like the bathroom talks now and stuff like it's yes. <laughs> you're in the club oh. i appreciate you guys taking the time to watch it and talk about it and learn a little bit about horny women yes. horny women what that, we do for i wasn't horny thinking the exact women. same thing <laughs> No, no, Ashley, I, I really wish I could tell you how excited I was when I opened up the, the email one morning and I saw an email from you saying you guys have to do this movie. Like, I my whole my whole body was just like shivering with anticipation of what we were about to go through. And I'm just so glad we got to do this Yay. and got to do this with you. Yeah, I will, I will say this will not be Ashley's last appearance on the podcast. Oh, far no. by no means. Yeah, one you of the goals mean... in the new year is to do more frequent guests, including guest picks. So I feel like I feel like Ashley's gonna we're gonna use Ashley to like teach us about women. What is women? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> and, and and here's the thing like Brandon, you have you have a you have a spotless record of picking great movies on this on this podcast. But just in the world of statistics, unfortunately, Ashley is beating you because oh, her picks on. are like have been a hundred percent every time. Uh, Chris, you could feel that way, but uh, I don't think <laughs> I think Suburban Commando alone yeah, has solidified yeah, that, that, my place okay. in the movie picking Hall of Fame. Yes, I could, yes. I could retire and never watch a film again. And okay, the okay. So uh, all right, I rescind my statement. Ashley, you get honorable mention for best picks. Okay. Well, uh, that's like Suburban Commander is almost above and beyond regular film. This it's, is true. It transcends the medium. All right, so let's get into the uh, Amazon reviews. Traps. Oh Christ, I forgot it's about right. this. Oh wait, I forgot the last thing. The uh, the other IMDb Parents Guide entry because it's under sex and nudity. A young girl is shown naked with her butt shown. Since it's not even part of the movie, in parentheses, the moving pictures logo after the credits, it's not that bad. What? What? <laughs> what? So at, you know at the end of the at the end of the credits when like the a film production yeah. logo yeah, replays. Yeah, 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 yeah. So moving the moving pictures logo is like a series of snapshots of like a a, a child like running like, like by, a copper like, tone baby yeah exactly what wow. the fuck <laughs> why is that your logo <laughs> all right we need a new podcast exploring film production logos um so doing my research for the trash to treasures last night um first off this movie has 88 percent on amazon for five star reviews okay <laughs> second thing not a single five-star review is from a man. I'm just letting you know. Like, <laughs> I went through, like, all 500 of them, and I did not find a single, like, obviously male voice in these five-star reviews, okay? There were there, there were a couple, like, one-star reviews, but I didn't pull any of them for this instance because they're all like, ah, oh, the DVD came, the DVD case came and it was kind of scruffed and I don't like that one star. Like, so there wasn't like really anything that stood out, but the five star review that did stand out. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm never ready for this, Chris. They didn't give us their actual name. They they have a, a, a nickname, which just happens. To, and, 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 I, and I'm curious because it's, it's the nickname from a uh, nationally syndicated radio program called 
Rover's Morning Glory is it was the name of the person who reviewed. And I didn't know if like they were just like, I'll get it, Rover, Red Rover, and Morning Glory, like penises or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um their review That's was the five stars. Glory, like penises. <laughs> like penises. <laughs> or whatever. Um their five star review was this. Enjoy an all girls movie. I love it. I bought one each for my girls. Yes, this is the girl movie. Taking us from how we see life at a young age to when we grow up reminiscing. I have watched this over a hundred times and all three of my girls are going to do just the same. Oh no. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. I like how she was all on board and then she heard that last bit and went, oh no. All right. This... This is okay. I I I had I I pulled these in different orders because I pulled two reviews, two other five star reviews that this person gave. I'm gonna go with what I was gonna end with first because it's I don't think it's as interesting. Uh, the first review is this: she reviewed a knitting needle set. Okay, okay. five stars. So far, I really like these. They're so smooth. What started out as an easy hobby has now turned into an obsession. I own 47 pairs of needles, and God help me, there will be more. I just thought uh, that was quite interesting. And each what? of my girls will have 47 <laughs> needles. God help me, they will have more. Oh. The second one, and I and I teased this at the beginning of the podcast, the second one shows you that this, this woman is always prepared. Okay? Oh, boy. She gave a five-star review to a butterfly necklace locket. All right? Okay. This so is, 90s. This is Five stars. Butterfly locket. I know it's not well made. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> but for the price, it is quite pretty. And its inside pocket is large enough for your plan B. Oh! oh <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Chris, you did the kid, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! I don't know how he does it. <laughs> she says, whoo, okay, large enough for your plan B. Always wear it, it keeps when you going. go out. <laughs> Always wear it when you go out. You never know. Plus, Plenty of compliments. Oh, and so much about those necklaces. <laughs> now I know why she has so many. Well, now she has the plan B because she has too many daughters. She can't afford to buy any more copies of Now and Then. She's like, I've already got three. God help me. I can't have more. I like that she didn't put like condoms or. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, she could say plan B. I. This, this leads me into the last question for Ashley about women. <laughs> Ashley, when you're picking jewelry, are you looking at jewelry for sizes to put plan B pills or other things in? Is no. that part of the process? <laughs> That's why she's not allowed. She's not allowed at Tiffany's anymore because she kept shoving plan B into the lockets. <laughs> I mean, I need my like ring with like my cyanide in it, but I don't know, like, <laughs> so I can poison. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anything else. No. Oh, oh my oh. god! How 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 every oh. week? How? 
How, Chris? I don't know. No, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. Because I hate myself enough that I will go through every five-star review of whatever we are watching, and I am trying my damnedest to find the worst of the worst of humanity. But, okay, now, confession time. The week that we did the woman who had the fake pregnant belly and no one has figured it out yet... That was like a two and a half hour deep dive to find her. So just like, just so you're aware, these are not on the surface reviews. Like these take a lot of effort to try to find the weirdness. And we appreciate it. It never fails. It has never failed. Every single person has something fucking weird. Every one of them. Well, on that, on that note, I think that I do want to tell our listeners, you hear the work Chris puts in. Please recommend this podcast to your friends, rate, review, subscribe on all formats you can, because if you get successful enough, hopefully eventually we can get uh, Racing Kane's breast enhancement to sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be able to compensate Chris for his research and Brian for his editing. (laughs) All right. Now, now, gents, I know I was just bragging about my excellent uh, picking skills. I'll let you know that for next week's pick, I am I am the least confident in this pick of all the ones. Like oh, I've been no. very I've been very safe up to now. Like all right, this is gonna crush in one way or the other. This is instead a film that I remember enjoying, but apparently was very poorly received. And I'm like, and I own this on DVD, but I feel like I haven't watched it since around when it first came out. So it might okay. actually be really bad. We're gonna find out together. Oh wait, so in we're, the fart asses, we're we're playing the game, right? We're playing yep. the game. Fuck yes. Okay. All right, so let me know. You all ready? Yep. We are looking at a film from the year 2003, rated PG-13. It runs one hour and 59 minutes, and the genres are action, mystery, sci-fi, thriller. Action, mystery, sci-fi, thriller from 2003. Mm-hmm. Ooh, fuck. I was thinking Minority Report, but that's 2002. It is not Minority Report, but I would say that if I were to put a like Walmart DVD two-pack together, I think Minority Report would be the perfect film to pair with this. Are we watching fucking Paycheck? We are watching Paycheck. Fuck yes! That's a great movie! Ben Affleck, Aaron Eckhart, Uma Thurman, Michael C. Hall, Paul Giamatti, based oh. on a Philip K. Dick short story about a man who uh, it gets paid to reverse engineer technology that allows you to see into the future. Yes, this is a great movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm really excited about this. Have you seen this before, Brian? I have not. I oh. I, I remember loving this film. Just like, it's a John Woo film. Yep. Uh, so lots of explosions. Get ready for that. And much like you, Brandon, I think I do still own this on DVD as well, and I have not watched it since I picked it up. But I remember liking it a lot. Yeah, so uh, we're going to see if it holds up. It's a bigger risk than like a real dumb movie from my childhood. This is from, you know, I was in high school when this came out. So we will see how this goes. Ashley, have you ever even heard of this film? I think I've heard of it, mm-hmm. but I've definitely not seen it. At first, I thought I thought we were going to watch The Core, which I was like, oh, we're going to do a disaster, you know, Earth movie. Okay, but, but Paycheck, uh, yeah, okay. I, I would say The Core is a future episode, but at the same time, the We Hate Movies episode on it is so just, like, perfect. Yeah. That, like, I feel like we we would be stepping on, on their toes, like, trying to talk about this movie. I also wish people, like, could understand that, like, when we go and pick a movie, it is, it's, it is really difficult because we're competing with so many other really great movie podcasts that have done 
every movie so far. But Don't like, listen to Chris. He's lying. We invented the idea of a podcast <laughs> that talks about questionable films. We own uh, the copyright. If anyone else does it, let us know. Three, We're three, or, three or four white guys sitting around talking about bad movies. It's no it's one's ever done this. Yes. I'm happy to be your June Diane Raphael. Yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Wait, so who's the Jason of the group? Then? Me. <laughs> I call dibs. Fair. Well, and all the things that I keep revealing about myself, I feel like I'm Paul. <laughs> yeah, you have the messed up childhood. Yeah. So then what does that make, Brandon? Uh, uh, I am uh, Adam Scott, talking yes. about the Fast and the Furious films. Yes, you are, sir. Yes, you are. Oh my gosh! Also, I do want to, and I'm and I'm glad Ashley's here for this because she was on season one. I want to tell you guys we we did hit a benchmark this week. Um, season two has reached over 700 individual downloads, which <gasps> is pretty pretty fantastic. It it we have we have ousted our numbers from season one and things are going really well so those who have been listening thank you so much it's been awesome please like subscribe share it you know let people know what we're doing and 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 if you like it that much you know please share it out there with us you can find us on apple podcast stitcher premium um anywhere that you listen to your podcast we are available now and things are happening and moving and it's just awesome it's just awesome to hang out with three of my favorite people in the entire world and talk about the silly things that we loved from our childhood every week. So please keep joining us. Uh, if you want, you can follow us on our social media, facebook.com. Just search Trash Watch Podcast. Uh, and Brian, what is our uh, Twitter and Instagram? Uh, we are on Twitter at Trash Watch Cast and on Instagram at Trash Watch Podcast. And if you have a movie that you'd like us to review, as you saw with Ashley, we are happy to take those suggestions. And just remember that if you put something out there, we may have you on the episode with us. So if you ever wanted to be on a show, that's a great way to do it. Drop your suggestions in our email at trashwatchpodcast at gmail.com. I can't remember. Is Paycheck a horny movie? Uh, we're gonna find damn well better be. We're gonna find Uma Thurman's <laughs> in it, and Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman uh, like probably sexy at each other. I don't know if it actually is horny. Or I, excuse like... me, Paul Giamatti's in this movie, so one hundred percent. So we're gonna be horny for that Giamatti. <laughs> I can't. I can't be horny anymore. Oh my god! All the Jurassic Park talk. Where oh, you it just got me. <laughs> oh, can you imagine Paul Giamatti in Jurassic Park? Paul Giamatti uh, doesn't want to be fed. Paul Giamatti wants to hunt. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, Let's Jesus cut all this Christ. out. It's too sad. But keep that. Use that for a tag.